it's your favorite crazy bitch turned slightly less crazy bitch, Casey Coop, and you're tuned into my podcast, Casey's Freak Show. So we just recorded an episode with someone I've known in sobriety, um, but for this one, I've dragged in a friend who has drank with me and then gotten sober with me, kind of. We've both been sober together. I hope I contributed to your rock bottom, Justin. Like, that's my dream. It's like that that one of your bad memories of drinking was with me. Oh, you would have to do so much bad <laughs> shit to be that. I, I actually, we probably only drank in passing of each other. Right, probably at some shitty bar show somewhere. Yeah. Oh, God. They're all such a blur. Yeah. Um, no, the chicks that are on my rock bottom list are, are way, way worse than me. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'm on other people's. Okay, wait, let me finish here. You have like titles I want to say. So guys, just pretend like you didn't hear the voice of Justin Foster. He is a nationally touring comedian with a new album called Dangerless, and he hosts Foster the Podcast. Hi, Justin. Hello. Oh, Oh, what? You're in the room. I didn't see you guys come in. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but before we start recording, I just want to pick up from the combo we had before the podcast, because they're always the best combo. Yeah, you brought up a very interesting point off air. You said that your favorite customers at your strip club are tourists. Oh my God, yes. Because- LA guys are so jaded to pretty girls that they're just like, they're like I'll toss you a buck here and there. Like, can, I, can, I, can LA guys afford to go to the strip club and most L- of the time? LA guys are either like dirt poor or like one percenters who just have escort girlfriends. Gotcha, right. So they're not going to come to the strip club. I remember I went to a strip club one time in LA and I was like, they were like, do you want to dance? I was like, I literally have no money. I, like, I have <laughs> enough money for one beer. You piece of shit. I yeah. hate your kind. I just wanted to sit at the bar and drink. And then they were like, no, that's that you can't do that. Yeah, but sometimes we just get mean to the guys who do that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's like going to a restaurant and being like, I'm just going to have the bread. But then you're secretly eating the soup. Right. Because we're the soup. (laughs) We're good at soup. Or like we were talking, I was telling you before about like, I like the people from out of town. You can always spot them. They're not real thin. You know, they're they're human. (laughs) Right. Uh, But they like bring money. They get excited about us. Like, because like every girl in LA is hot. So they're like, they get excited. Right. LA guys like pre- still pretend we're invisible in the strip club. Yeah, because we're kind of used to it. Like you see, like tens working at like <laughs> Starbucks. You know, oh yeah, these guys like the girls at Del Taco are gorgeous. Bro, like can you imagine the strippers in Omaha. Oh, God. can I tell you something, Justin? Please, this girl just started at my work, and she's hilarious. She's from like buttfuck nowhere, uh-huh. Midwest, and she was telling me that a girl at her old club in like I don't even remember some Midwest state. It's all the same to me. Sure. That this girl was like a meth addict and she was using a pencil eraser as a tooth. Like she popped it in there when her teeth oh, nice. started falling out. Very nice. That's the greatest thing uh, I've ever heard in my uh, life. Can I get a dance by number two, please? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. She helps you with your homework by just like putting her mouth on no, it. No, sweetie. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure these dudes that come in, and, and you said that they have, like, money to spend, right? Like, they have, like, vacation money. Oh, yeah. When Where you said that guys come in from out of town with vacation money, I'm thinking, like, they're, like, with their wives and family, and they're like, all right, you guys <laughs> just go to Disneyland. I'll be back. You guys uh, stay here at Universal Studios. Yeah. Papa's got to do some business. Yeah, I got to go get a front of the pass line somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, whatever, what, but not, like, out of America, right? Or, like, your best, like, you said I mean, tourists. Okay, I was going to... Uh, guys internationally, I think sometimes they still get confused about tipping because in a lot of places you're not supposed to tip in Correct. general. Right. But it's a fucking strip club. Like, you know that. You've seen rap videos. Right. Yeah. yeah I was Australian say, guys. You've never seen MTV. You know, yeah. you're just Japanese guys with briefcases full of money. You know what to do. <laughs> yeah. Us occasionally international guys are wealthy and cool, but I think they're just a little confused as to the fact that they're supposed to be paying us for our time. Which is weird. Like, why would you not think that? What, it's like, man, America's great. Yeah. <laughs> Land of milk and honey, baby. <laughs> yeah. We're moving. <laughs> Double emphasis on the milk with all those titties. Ooh, hello. Uh, what's up? So what are we going to talk about today? Oh, yeah. Fuck it. So we met before either of us was sober. Right. Valley comedians. And I remember knowing when you got sober because we were at a show together, it was like literal hole in the wall, uh-huh. free beer, which is most comedians payment for doing uh-huh. comedy. And I was like, aren't you going to drink with me? And you were like, no, I don't do that anymore. And I was so mad at you. You were mad at me. Yeah, I was mad at anyone who wouldn't drink with me. Interesting. Especially if they had previously drank with right. me. That's that's weird. Which I think that's such a sign of an alcoholic. Only of alcoholics course. get mad when people won't drink. Right, of course. Or they want to tell you how much they don't drink anymore. Oh, oh you're sober? Oh, yeah, I barely drink that yeah. much anymore. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I did, like I only had a couple beers a night to go to bed. Like I didn't ask for your resume. Yeah, I don't give a shit. You know what's really funny is comics and, and people in general will just be like, yeah, I just took a month off. And then they're like, but I did. I was smoking Bro. weed, though. I was smoking yeah. weed, though. Bro, whenever someone tells me they took a month off, I'm like, okay. All right. You, yeah. Because yeah. they went on a juice cleanse, probably. Yeah, call, call me when you when you hit rock bottom, because you yeah. will. Yes. The um, month off is my favorite. Dude, that's. Oh, wait. Yes, keep going. I was just like, because everything's going great, but you just need to take it away for a month because <laughs> you're killing it. <laughs> Everything's. I, I saw a really funny tweet the other day that was like making fun of comics. Like, oh yeah, you're gonna beg to be on my show like for two months in advance, and then when you show up to the show, you're too drunk and high to perform. Oh wow! I feel like that's so real for yeah. LA. I, I don't know in other cities, but uh, I eh, I don't know. I think comics are a special breed. I think <laughs> whatever city it is, because I started in Dallas, and I I don't think I was sober for like the first like seven years on stage. Like I just you did. Couldn't. You did stand oh, up out there yeah, yeah. For, for that long i mean yeah i did in dallas for seven years and what pretty I didn't much know you drunk were doing every that night <laughs> yeah oh yeah it's so funny i've only known you as like a sparkly shiny friendly person and i can't imagine you uh, i got dark yeah for sure <laughs> especially like on saturday nights when you'd have three shows and the first one started at 6 30 and like the, the the improv back home was like across the hall from a bar so you would just go of course right in between shows you would go there and do by that 11th or the third show on set that 11 30 show sloppy was, Sloppy. Ooh, dirty. <laughs> would you ever black out on stage? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Sure. Yeah. Never like full blackout, but I would. I remember I, I got off stage and be like, I don't know what, 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 I don't know what just happened. What I just said. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you've for said sure. that things got dark for you, but I don't know. You just don't even seem like maybe because you're so like recovered now. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. Yeah. No, that's. Did you used to go on the road then? Yeah. Yeah, here's what I would do on the road. This is like, <laughs> I would go to these places, and a lot of them like know that comics are alcoholics. Like, so they'd be like, <laughs> "Okay, you get two drinks per night." Like that was the rule or whatever. Like you get two free drinks per night. And oh, that, you mean my appetizer drinks? Right. So I'd be like, "Okay." So I would plan ahead, like, "Okay, what do I want to drink tonight?" Well, I'm gonna go buy that ahead of time, bring it in in a backpack, and I'll buy and I'll get my two free ones. But I'll drink, you know. 12 Bud Lights, and they'll just think I'm nursing the same two all night, I guess. Oh, my God. Because I wasn't f- trying to get free drinks. I just wanted to c- continue. Like they, A lot of times they would cut it off at two because oh. they don't want you to get too hammered for the show. <laughs> so You're I just like... get a 12-pack and bring it in a backpack. That's so funny. I saw a dude in the strip club. I didn't I didn't narc on him, but I watched him pour his flask of booze into his existing drink, and I was like, oy vey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a bad look. Yeah. That's a, that's a dangerous situation. Been there, buddy. For sure. That, so that's a guy who takes a month off for sure. Eventually, <laughs> <laughs> I took a month off, man, and I feel and they're always like, I feel so Dude, good, so good. But you can see the panic in their so eyes, good. like that. There's they're tripping out mentally. Yeah. I feel great. There's no nails because they've bitten them all down. Yeah. Like, oh, I feel good. Life's great. <laughs> they're like, well, I'm, I haven't been hungover in a month, but my brain's screaming all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is my voice is mad at me? Because <laughs> <laughs> I took away num num bottle. Uh, you have four years sober. Congratulations! Thank you very much. That's a, yeah. you have like a college degree in sobriety. Mm-hmm. What, I feel what like is it. what was your bottom like? What you so you did stand up uh-huh. in Dallas for how long? Seven. And seven then years. you moved to LA to continue doing stand up yeah. and. You were drinking what the first couple years out here, or yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Really? first couple years. Yeah, I moved out here with uh, a bunch of Dallas comics, and we lived in like a two bedroom apartment. There was four of us, and uh, yeah, you know, I don't think I could. Like, well, obviously, I don't think I could have gotten through that situation sober. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, this is just how <laughs> I live surviving. now. We're surviving. Yeah, this is normal, right? Like sleeping on the floor. Yeah, but you, if you're not, if you're just passing out instead of sleeping, and that doesn't really like, yeah. it's not that bad. Oh my god! Yeah, my first couple years in LA, I'm like. I'm just an artist. I'm just a bohemian. Right. And Sleeping then, on my mattress pad on the floor with ants crawling all over me right. in my sleep. And at one point you go, am I an artist or am I just a piece of shit? <laughs> <laughs> like like how people, the stereotype of alcoholics is a homeless person. I'm like, I'm basically homeless right now. Absolutely. But I'm here with a roof over my head, technically. That, and that was, my, that was my thing, too. I'm like, I have a place. Everything's fine. <laughs> I, I knew, I, I got to get so bad because I knew I could go home at any time. Like I knew oh, I had it was enough like your money fallback. that I, I could go back to my mom's and sleep on her couch. And you know, like I would never like I would never be on Skid Row. So it, like, that was nobody, your backup plan. That was my backup plan. Wow, Just it's, drive it's crazy. Twenty four hours away to go sleep on my mom's couch. It's crazy how we think these things when we're drunk a lot and right. in our addictions. Like these 
obscene ideas become reality. Like, no, 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 I'm fine. Casey, when I first stopped drinking, my my brain told me that I should train hop and <laughs> and go around the United States like like a hobo with like the stick and the bandana with my oh possessions my in it and only do comedy that I could walk to from a train track and then get on another train and go to what the next town. What are you, town. Charlie Chaplin? I don't- <laughs> that's so funny because my my I guess mentor had to listen to me my first two years of sobriety was just like I think I need a motorcycle I think I need a motorcycle and you just go on right. the road and strip across America it'll be cool it'll be strip across uh, across America I'll make it a documentary like that was my idea I need a motorcycle yeah and to strip across America go by myself right maybe I'll film it me just me great you know, ideas thinking, like I just had to be on the run mm-hmm. I just yep. had to go yeah I think that's a common thread too. Like, just sit down. They tell everyone when they stop drinking, like, just sit down. Yeah. Like, you don't need to go anywhere. You don't need to make any big plan. If you make plans that first year, <laughs> oof. maybe maybe do that. Set them aside. Put them on paper and set them aside for a while. Right. And they they always tell you like, hey, you shouldn't date or get married or see anybody the first Relationship year. Relationship like, Whatever, dude. What are you talking <laughs> about? I'm clean. I'm sober. Girls find me attractive. Like. Oh, that's right. Because the person they're like you're attracting, or before yes. them, like yes. you know what I mean. It's like, oh my gosh, I I met my boyfriend just after I hit a year, and I'm glad that it was after a year. But even beginning of second year to meet somebody is, and we were both beginning of second year mm-hmm. um, to meet somebody is woof. Oof. Definitely, I felt it was like just digging my nails into my own skin to not act like a psycho bitch yeah. a lot of the time because that was that was my de- that's been my default was just like be crazy get um look into their phone look into their email Ooh, yeah. like ask them weird questions yeah. like you know and i just had to be talked through by my wonderful you know sane women in my life to to how to not do that yeah you have to call people and be like, am I crazy? Is this weird? But he did say and do this. And they're like, but, you know, he's allowed to say and do this. And I'm like, what? what? No, he's not allowed to like other girls post on Instagram. <laughs> he is not allowed to do that. Uh, she had her cleavage showing. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I- like, is he? Is that right? But it's like, I like other guys posts on Instagram. Right. I know. With their cleavage showing. Well, of course. Yeah. That's the only <laughs> accounts I follow. But, but yeah, no, I'm with you though. It's like that you need you. I think everybody does, whether you're drinking or not drinking. I think that people, and I don't know if normal people have those people they can call and be like, "Hey, this is what my brain is telling me. Is right. this real life?" <laughs> and then, but, is this real life? And the most I was like, "No, you're insane." Or yeah, maybe you might want to look into that. Probably not to the degree that you're thinking. But yeah, you, yeah, that's, yeah, you know, like, oh, maybe he's liking only girls' pictures on Instagram. Yeah, that's probably could be an issue from later on. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, or hey, just shut up, leave it alone. Yeah, just see, you know, like what I, the biggest thing I've learned is like just let situations unfold because you're not stupid and you're not drunk. Like whatever plays out, you'll be able to see it. Like, right, you're not dumb. And it's so great. I don't know about you, but like that clarity of like it's gonna be okay. Yeah, nothing was ever okay before. Never. The sky was always falling when I was drunk. Always. There's always a problem. There's always something around the the corner. There's shoes like it's got like this job doesn't work out, you're screwed. If you have a bad set, your career is over. If this mm-hmm. person, this guy or girl doesn't like you, that you're that that's the last <laughs> relationship you're ever going to have. You're going to die alone. It's it. That's it. So yeah, it's just like a a constant panic you're in, and then you have to drink to relieve it. Mm-hmm. Well, then you got sober. I mean, a couple years into LA, what was your rock bottom like? Like, what was happening in your life that got you to clean up? Um, that's a good question. I think that it was well, mostly to be honest with you, like my hangovers were literally killing me. Like it, like. The guys I lived with like partied hard and they drank hard, but for some reason, like they would get up before seven p.m. Whoa! And I could before not. 7 PM. I could not. <laughs> They're gonna say seven a.m. Like I would get out. What well, most of them would. Like one of my my buddies, he's he's a comic. He would get up and he would drink all night with me, and he didn't go to the gym at like nine o'clock in the morning. Wow! I'd come out of my room literally at five p.m. and they'd be like, "Whoa, we thought you weren't here." Oh my like, god! We did think we thought like that you left early this morning. I'm like, no. They're like, are you just now getting up? And wow. I'm like, and it was that thing where I would, I would drink so much that I would get up the next day and like just getting water, 
out of the sink. You don't, you don't like where you just like your kinda, body's like shutting down, right? And your army crawling to the sink and with just putting water in your hands, like some biblical movie, <laughs> and splashing a little, <laughs> yeah, drinking well, from it like a like lapping like a cat, like right. That's it, you know. And then kind of crawling back to bed, like dude, if I drank yes. the next day was over. Yes, you know what I mean. I got to the point where I was hungover basically every day. Mm-hmm. And they always say, as you get older, the hangovers get worse. And I got sober at 26, but the hangovers were unbearable. Like, they had quickly, in the last couple years, just gotten to complete, like, like flu-like, you mm-hmm. know? Like, yeah. De- yeah. debilitating. Yeah. yeah, it's like giving yourself Not like, take a, a few Tylenol and a coffee. It was like, I am sick. I'm dying. Yeah. Yeah, where you're, like, I was, like, for a while, there, like, I was in the shower, and, like, the water was, like, hitting my head. <laughs> And it was like so painful. Like bullets. <laughs> Just like glass falling onto my brain. And I was like, I don't know how much longer I can keep doing this. And the answer is uh is four more years. <laughs> It just kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And then I was like, man, I was like, I just can't. And this one I kind of started figuring out, like, oh, like when I start, I can't stop. Mm-hmm. And if I don't ever start, I'm fine. But if I do, like, there's no, like, one beer with me. There's mm-hmm. no, like, one. I mean, sometimes I really would, uh, what do they say, white knuckle it into, like, two whiskey drinks. Mm-hmm. And I would, like, walk my ass home from the I live near this bar so I would walk home from the bar just make myself go just will myself but I would be at home and I would just be thinking about like hmm, I wonder if there's like alcohol my roommate has like a drink or maybe some weed I could steal from him mm-hmm. or yeah or at the very least like call up a booty call to distract me like sex was a very big addiction intertwined with the others it was like just something else something else it was loud so I could have two drinks but I was not happy with two drinks right. and I was obsessing about maybe my roommate has some weed or maybe this, yeah, you know, maybe sure. something else to boost this into numbness. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I can relate a hundred percent. That was kind of like, like, I don't think I'd never just gave myself two drinks. If like something happened, I could only have two drinks. I'd be like, Oh man, that's like, why did I even start? Oh, like, what's really? the point? Yeah. Like for me, like, I don't know how it was for you, but boost for me was like sugar. Like if I have like a lot of people like have a drink to wind down, and they go to bed. Like co- if I drink a beer, like I'm up. Like it's like crack. Really? Oh, I'm I'm awake until five o'clock in the morning drinking. Really? I don't pass out. Oh, I did. Um, I was always actually throwing up. I have like I'm part Asian. And uh, I turn bright red when oh, I Oh yeah, drink. yeah, the Asian glow. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. and um, I would all, I would throw up actually and throw and that's not racist by the way, you guys. No, I that's have to real. paraphrase that. No, it's real. Los the Angeles. Asian flush, the Asian glow. No, 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 that's a real thing. Okay, all right. And I was just the oh my god, you know what's funny? I was literally yeah. thinking about this last night. I opened up my medicine drawer and I noticed it almost made my heart stop. I saw Pepsi AC in there. Mm-hmm. To most people, that wouldn't be an upsetting thing to see or whatever. To me, the only reason I own Pepsi AC and I actually would buy it frequently was because and I'm only a quarter Japanese but my uh, Asian flesh would be like so red that the whites of my eyes were red like people would be like what's wrong with you because when you see an Asian person red and go you're like when they're drinking that's kind of mm-hmm. it's like that's what we get like but I look white and I get the Asian flesh and everyone's like are you dying are you okay are you so what we my my friend who was my best friend in college he was Lao like he taught me the trick you take Pepsi C an hour before you drink and it lessens the red a lot and I had to if I even wanted like I was like into like we have to take pictures partying mm. and I wanted to look good in the pictures I looked crazy in the pictures <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> still but I had to take the Pepsi C to look okay and you know what's funny is I hear alcoholics say that they tried to toss out the booze or pour it down the drain or for me I would take the Pepsi AC and like throw it in the trash I'm not it would be the Pepsi AC that I throw away and that I would, was the problem that, yeah I was like, well, if I don't want Pepsi C, then I definitely won't drink. But I would still drink and just turn red. It's so But I would funny. dig the pe- Pepsi AC out of right. a dirty trash can because I'm like very vain as well. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I guess I'll drink anyway. Like uh, Pepsi AC was like a sign of my drinking. C- Casey's looking for the Pepsi AC like a crack. It looks for a rock <laughs> in the carpet. Like I know it's around here somewhere. Just tearing the trash can Because vanity open. is equally a drug to me as alcohol and drug. Do and we have to drugs. take a pill before you go out drinking, like okay, <laughs> if I take one, pe- and then that shit where you go, all right, I have one glass of water for every drink, and then make- it's like if you have to do yeah. math when you go out, <laughs> there's a problem there's for real. There's something wrong with you. Yeah. Um. So what happened? You. So yeah, that was that. Yeah, that was. I was just like hangover, hangover, hammer, couldn't stop. But like, and then the- I went back home for like a month. I went to Texas for like an oh. entire month, and it was just like it was on for a month, and. Whoa. Uh, and like there was no, st- I was like there was no stopping this train. For some reason, like whatever like invisible line there was was like done. 
And uh, and I remember just one day, like I was like drinking, 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 drinking. One night, drinking, drinking, drinking. And I looked at my friend. And I was like, I'm not gonna drink anymore. And he's like, What? I was like, This is my last night drinking. And he's like, Okay. And then I did like a bunch of shots. Like, I just couldn't get drunk. Like I could not get mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't get. Yeah. I was drinking shots and shots, and I couldn't. I was like, What's happening? Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then I was with a bunch of friends, and it was a great night. Like nothing happened. I was just like, I'm not gonna drink anymore. And they're like, Okay. And I woke up the next morning, so hungover, so just shaking. Oh God. I like shaking. And uh, and I didn't I didn't drink that day. I remember I went to a, a concert that night and I was like just sh- drinking water, like I was like dying. And mm-hmm. uh, I drove my car back to uh, back to California. I stopped in a hotel room in Arizona and I was like sick, like throwing, like I thought I had the flu. Uh, just getting everything out of my system from that month, or, or you know, years, but th- that last like. Yeah, really crazy run. Run and uh, and some things happened, you know, back that month that whatever. But uh, and so uh, and so I got back and then I you know I called my friend who who I do uh, my podcast with. Oh yeah, I uh, met her podcast. The podcast. Yes. Yeah, and podcast. I was like, uh, I was like, I don't want to drink anymore. And she's like, Okay, I can help <laughs> you with that. And so, cool. Yeah, and I haven't drank since. You know what's funny? I was that just reminded me of like my last night drinking, which. It was like the weirdly saddest moment. I was in Vegas for my last run. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, there was the one night that I'd mostly talk about publicly and in, in my writing, which is um, I almost overdosed or maybe I was overdosing. I don't know. I took some pills and I was rocking on the floor all night and I was panicking and it was horrible. But there was one more night there. And of course, all my girlfriends, this is a bachelorette party, like they were doing shots and I'm like, I just, I knew I was done, but like, I still didn't have the capacity to say no yet. Sure. So there was like this weird actual last night um, where I took a few shots of Fireball. Nice. I remember we got to the actual club and everyone was handing out shots. It's fucking Vegas. We're pretty girls. There's just carafes right. of booze. Carafes of Fireball. I was I was tossing my shots into the plants behind me, which I'd never done before. Right. And so that's how I knew it was that. And But this here's the, like the saddest moment. And I don't know if you've been to Vegas nightclubs where there's pools and it's on a rooftop and it's at night. Boom, 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 rave. Like everyone's like gorgeous, dressed to the nines. And we were in the pool. Of course, I, as my typical self, I stripped off my dress down to my underwear and jumped in the pool. And we're on a rooftop and it's night and lights and music. And it's like it should be like it used to feel, which for me, that was a euphoric. Like Mm -hmm. I loved the loud. I loved the people. I loved the nightlife. Like, um, love the nightlife. And I was in the pool in my underwear. I even like it was like I was going through the motions of the things I used to enjoy. And I even like, you know, found a cute guy swimming in the water, got on his shoulders. He like he was walking me around the pool. He was swimming me around like this is all shit I used to do. And I just remember being like in my head like this really isn't fun anymore. Could I like you're feeling like I can't get drunk anymore. I couldn't get drunk on like the excitement, the boys, the loud music, the alcohol, like. All of the mix of things that I'd mixed together for a good time, like, I was just numb and, like, I hate this. I'm, yeah. like, in my underwear in a pool. Like, this is the old me. Like, yeah, that's my ideal. Like, I was always in my underwear naked in a pool at a party. And I was just like, oh, I don't like this. I just want to go home. This isn't fun You know? Anymore. It was, know. And it's, like, so sad because you're surrounded by this huge party. And you're like, oh, I don't. I can't. You're alone at a rooftop party in Vegas. <gasps> yeah. I know. Like, I know. what am I doing? doing i know mine what was, am i doing mine was december 30th and i was doing the same thing i bought a beer and i was just holding it because i didn't want people to hey why aren't you drinking you know because and i think I we was, yeah we didn't know how to like not do right, it yet yeah, not like, drink right so i just held a beer and then every now and then i would kind of pour a little bit out so it looked like it was going down <laughs> as if people would notice like people gave a shit <laughs> like anyone is no right. but we're so self-centered that we think everyone people are looking us. to see how much alcohol <laughs> is going in justin foster's beer <laughs> at a concert no one gives a shit but I remember the night before, it was December 30th. I didn't even make it to New Year's Eve. That's how I knew I was Whoa. done. That's how I knew I was done. I That's was how you really completely know. completely sober on New Year's Eve. But uh, there's like a video of me somewhere my last night drinking. It's pretty funny. Like I'm in a, in the car with a bunch of friends singing I like a Counting Crows song or something. <laughs> Counting Crows is my rock bottom is basically what I'm saying. <laughs> um, but, oh yeah, wait. So also if, you know, we talk about drinking, but- to go along with it, there's reasons we drank the way we did. Like, you told me you were, like, hospitalized for panic attack before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you have, like, lots of anxiety stuff? Yeah, ever since I was a kid, I would have horrific panic attacks. I always thought I was dying, and I always, mm-hmm. like, was super depressed and, <clears throat> excuse me, and then, um, 
yeah, like in and out of like places and like medication and pills and like I just was a mess and I couldn't like get a handle. I like I literally always thought I was dying. My brain would tell me like something would happen. My brain would tell me I was dying and then I was dying. Like I would go to the emergency room. I was like, I'm dying. There was nothing that you could tell. There was no part of my brain that was like, no, this isn't really real. I think that's what a lot of anxiety is, is like. I don't know. Someone's talking about this recently, but it's just like fear manifested. Like we're just like, we either believe our fears or it's just like it be- fear becomes a truth. Right. Versus yeah. like a passing thought. I had it real bad. I, I used to be like, I used to get really pissed. when Like now I'm very compassionate to it because I understand there's like it's a spectrum. But I used to get real mad when people would be like, yeah, I know. I have like anxiety. Same. too. Like I hate when I like get in an elevator and there's a lot Same. of people there. I'm like. I drove to the Same. hospital. Like, I thought I was dying. Yeah, I once, um, my biggest fan attack was actually in early sobriety. I was a couple months sober. Mm-hmm. My grandpa had just passed, like, uh, around then, and I hadn't felt the grief yet. My, I think I wasn't used to, you know, grief is confusing and sometimes delayed, and I wasn't used to feeling my feelings at all anymore, and they right. all hit me at once when I was driving. And I've heard that parts of your body can go numb like your arms and actually my arms went numb while I was driving and I pulled over on the side of the road and it was the nighttime and like silver lake and I was sitting on a sidewalk crying for like an hour I called a friend I just talked to him but yeah it was like a physical reaction like my arms were Mm -hmm. numb like it was the most physical manifestation of a panic attack I've ever had yep I used to, um, uh, yeah, no, I used to do the same thing. Like, I used to be able to not get on airplanes. Uh, I used to, like, if I'd get on an airplane, I would just shake the entire time from anxiety attacks. I would have, like, I would get really drunk, and I would throw up, and I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm throwing up blood, but it's, like, red <laughs> wine from the night before. But I'm like, no, I've, like, I've got, like, an artery, that whatever. And I would, like, date the, these poor girls I would date. I'd be like, they, like, Justin, you're not dying, man. Like, you're fine. And I'd be like, are you, like, they, like the girls I would date, became like my doctors <laughs> like yeah like, we'd take prisoners is I what know, people say so, yeah me too so bad but, but like i call my mom be like mom i think i'm dying she's like okay take some deep breaths I'm like i can't like i'm dying and that's kind of like what my album is about is like that whole like like um because i like always thought i was dying you know and now that like, i'm sober and getting older like i like i am you know like, <laughs> i feel like everything is like trying to kill me now and like yeah. i have like it's like real didn't shit you to be just afraid fucking of. retweet um i retweeted it let me it's um that one guy i love and why am i blanking his name but this is the realest shit i've ever read it was fucking um Mark Ag's tweet: Being oh, yeah. young is just writing a bunch of uncovered checks that middle-aged you has to catch. I think about that all the uh, time. My te- when I got yes. sober, the amount of money I paid for my teeth to have work done was uh-huh. insane. Yeah. Oh yeah. All yeah, my yeah. teeth were like, like I had a chunk of tooth just fall off and a root canal as well. Right. Separately of that. Mark is the guy that I moved here with from. Oh really? From Texas. Yeah. I love Mark He's so good. He's much. Brilliant. But like that is such a. It's so, that that tweet that sentence sums up everything because you just go, yeah, I'll figure this out when I get older. Or like, oh, I'll die young. Like, oh yeah, yeah die young. Like, glamorize because I don't want to be alive. Right. Guess but then what you don't die young, right. and then you're like, fuck. Yes, that's what happens when you don't die young. <laughs> it's expensive to not die young. Um. So I I know that you were a sober bartender. Are you still bartending? No. No. Oh really? No, you I'm got not, out of it? I, yeah, I was. But how yeah, was that tough? Or no, how was that? No. I was like I said, I was so done. That like mm-hmm. I just couldn't do anything. Like that was me in the it. strip club, and everybody and their mom was like, "Maybe you shouldn't work there." And it's like, "Bitch, I'm gonna work yeah. here. I like it, and I like the money I make, and yeah. I like working a couple." Na- you know, it's. I was a better bartender. My boss is like, "You don't drink, great." Yeah, there's actually a lot of sober bartenders, <sighs> right. especially in L.A. Like, if I don't know if I were like anywhere else, it'd be kind of yeah. weird. <laughs> but, like, but here, it's like, yeah, no, yeah, you're not here, supposed to drink yeah. on the clock, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> um. So, what kinds of stuff do you do to keep yourself happy and like free I do of booze? So much now, it's so great. What keeps you happy? It's Justin? so you hacky. Seem so happy. It's so hacky and cliche. But I'm that dude, and I think you've I think you've like tweeted about it. Like, like, uh, like. <laughs> Like I remember you said something about like sober dudes who want to take like martial arts classes or like some bull- or like maybe it was you, maybe it was somebody else. Maybe but, like, someone else. I'm that guy. Like I want to do everything. Like I'm learning Russian right now. Really? I'm learning how to play the guitar. You're like, living life. Like I'm trying to do everything that I like like didn't do. You occupied your time with just drinking, before. right? And now I have so much free time on my hands. Like, <laughs> I know, I go right? To the gym and I just ran a 5K like two weeks ago. I know. And I cook. That's now. amazing, by the yeah, way. It's nuts. That's so rad. Yeah, I noticed like 
when I got sober, I was like, wow, I have a lot of time. And then all of a sudden I'm like, how do I fill this time? Oh, I can pitch articles to websites and start writing for money. Oh, yeah, that, that right. thing. The that thing was, I wanted to do. See, I'm glad you brought that up because so many people are like, if I quit drinking, I won't be funny anymore. I'm like, I got funnier. Like, I and released an album. you you're funny when you're drunk. And, and, and how, how it is interpreted by the audience is like, sometimes they notice... Um, there's like a certain surliness that comes to sure. being an angry drunk, right. which I was not all the time, but on stage I would be like mad at my audience for not getting me or whatever. Right. And the audience feels that like negative energy. You think like you're using the drink to make you stronger on stage, but really the audience feels like the negative thing going on underneath it. Right. They're like, why does she hate us? Right. <laughs> I know. Now I, I always, I always hate the audience, but now I'm better at le- not letting them know. <laughs> Being like charming on stage, right? Hi guys, I don't hate all of you. <laughs> I don't need your validation. Um, okay, let's take a break. We'll be back. Bye. What's up? We're here at Casey's Freak Show with Justin Foster, sitting in Meltdown Comics, this awesome network, as well as comic book store. Justin, you like comic books, right? I do. Do you I ever do. shop here? I do. I love this place. Oh, this, this, I'm not paying him to say this. Like This is, no. not, this is like all real. Because we were on a show together at a different comic yeah. book store recently, and you were going off about the toys. Yes, I get so mad about those goddamn toys. Because you sold them when you wanted to be, like, you got Yeah, cool. I got super cool. I was like a teenager, and I <laughs> discovered, like, booze and girls. Like, toys suck, and yeah. I sold all of them for, like, a quarter. And then you go to these toy shops, and they're here these for, like, meccas. $300 each. I'm like, I literally could have lived forever off this stupid <laughs> Skeletor that I threw away at a garage sale. I love how, as a comic, <laughs> your living forever is off $300. <laughs> I could retire. I could buy a boat. Um, but I'll have to just... Oh, yeah. We're at 7522 Sunset Boulevard in West Hollywood. Just got to throw that out there. Yeah, come in and buy some of my old toys. <laughs> you had a great set at the other comic store. That was really, really? fun. Oh, I love it. I think I just liked the fact that you were laughing the loudest, and I felt like no one else understood me, and I was like, well, Justin gets I it. I loved it. It was great. That was such Thank a fun Thank you. Show. Uh-huh. It was fun, and I love Jeff who threw it. Yeah, like, just great. It's like all positive energy, because sometimes in stand-up, things can get a little dark. Real negative, yeah. Yeah, and the show that you're about to be on that I host is next in two weeks. Yeah. Um, I've noticed we've only had two shows so far, but the ones we have had, because we keep the lineups like super, just like loving, positive, nice, funny people, uh-huh. like all the comics at the show end up hanging and laughing and joking together. It's never like the surly shit talking. Like right. I notice all the comics we've had on are like either fast friends or old friends. And right. it's like this positive energy. I'm like, this is so different than other yeah. stand-up shows I've been on. That's like the comics are like loving and nice. I know. Whenever I walk into a comic comic book store to do comedy or anything comedy related I get excited because I'm like this everything awesome is right all here this is all things. you need yeah and so speaking of comedy can you talk about your new album Dangerless yes. which is doing so well on iTunes it I is I'm so ha- and like I like actually made like CDs too like I, I saw Dude, I love I have that. my own CD. It's amazing. I love CDs. I have my whole CD collection. Oh, I should have brought so. one. I was in like a, like bands for like a long time, and I always wanted my own album, and now like I just made my own. It's really cool. And it's cool. like actually really cool looking. It's kind of got an 80s look to the cover. Oh, my God. Uh, only Very Atwell. Cool. She uh, she designed it for me. She like did. I was like, hey, here's this picture, and here's what I'm thinking. I like designed the cover. It's she so was like, cute. okay, let me, <laughs> I, I know where you're going with this. Let me let me fix this for you. And I was like, oh, yeah, that looks nothing like mine. <laughs> that looks awesome. Wait, who, is, who did it? She um She's great. She works um, a lot with the Lonely Island guys. Um, oh. So she does some stuff for, for them. She and has a good aesthetic. Stuff for Comedy Central. She did uh, Quincy uh, Quincy Jones's HBO, um, all the graphics for... Cool. For, he was on the show too. For Quincy's... For, yeah, she's amazing. She was like, yeah, I'll, I'll fix this. Where You filmed it at Flappers? I recorded it at Flappers, yeah. One yeah. show. Uh, which apparently you're not supposed to do. I didn't know that. Everybody oh, was are ta- you supposed to do multiples? I think yeah, I... Yeah, everybody I was talking to, they're like, how many shows you do? I was like, just one. They're like, What? <laughs> I was talking to Tamara Catan like the week before I recorded. It. He goes, I, I go, how many did you do? He goes, dude, I did five. And I was, oh, Oops. to get the good one? Yeah. I've heard of people doing that. I feel like that takes a lot of energy and a lot of like. But if anything goes wrong on that first show, you're screwed. Like, True. You know what I mean? Like if any, if I had like, if anything had happened or if like the crowd was not that great, if someone heckled me like. The... But you knocked it out of the park on the first show. Dude, it, was nice. <laughs> it was nice. It was nice. One take. But Flappers is also like your, I feel like your home spot yeah. kind of because yeah, yeah. you were bartending there mm-hmm. and then you were headlining or yeah. you headlined there. Yeah, it's it's different. Like when it's like your home club, it's like all right. Like I kind of know the, you know, I the rooms. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah, I know the room. And I love flappers. Yeah, it was it was fun. It came together and uh, it was weird because I had been planning. 
I'd recorded a CD once when I was like six years in and something had happened and the audio didn't like whatever, whoever the guy I hired, like whatever happened, like it just, it didn't come out. And I was like, thank God it didn't. Like I thought I was uh, ready. Like, and I wasn't. Isn't that weird how like the, the divine always knows yeah. it's like, well, good thing that didn't work out. Cause actually I'd have that out and people, you know, oh. this is something people could have judged me on. Right. Or, the universe is like, we'll, we'll fix this. For we'll you. protect yeah. you. Yeah. Right. Thank cool. God, man. Because, uh, but yeah, that's so funny. I'm glad it's uh, not. And of course, to me, that was the end of the world. Oh, this was supposed to be my. Uh, why this? Was, but now I'm like, oh god, thank you. But, Punching uh, a wall. It's like deleting old YouTube videos because you don't want to be able to see your first set that oh you thought god. you had to put up I when you first started mine doing are comedy. Still there. Somebody put actually my very first one up that I didn't even record. Like it was a talent show at Oregon State University and some random parent of the other performer liked my set and put it up but it was my first one ever it's oh, so hacky no. and bad That's it's great. so it's offensive too I'm like get, totally telling on myself right now because someone's gonna find it oh, and be yeah. like this is horrible Casey Google as soon as I get home yeah you're a terrible person um but yeah I just saw you do a set oh yeah the oh, other yeah. show we were on and I remember you taught well I, I remember I, this was the other night um you talked a lot about being broke are and living in a studio are you living in a studio with your girlfriend we live in a one bedroom oh one bedroom yeah we live in one bedroom. yeah it's nice it's an eagle rock so it's not it's it just like baffles me here and that's kind of where the like the bit came from it's like it just baffles me like what we pay for it's like what we get is insanity it's insane like what mm-hmm. i pay here like anywhere else in mm-hmm. the world I can't I I can't get a parking spot. <laughs> like I can't get a washer and dryer or a yeah. dishwasher or like I get like limited hot water and what? it's like but this is but and this is like as good as it's gets. <laughs> like right like this is I'm it's, like it's dying insane. for my boyfriend to move in with me just so I can downsize to a one bedroom. Right. And also, not gonna lie, never live with roommates again. Um <clears throat> uh not gonna go off more about that, but I live in a two bedroom and I am currently looking for a new roommate. Oh, I saw your post, yeah. I'll just say that. Um, but yeah, I'm looking for a new roommate, and I just want to live with my boyfriend so bad. I know, I know. but you know, he's he's going to school. He's- that, that's why people in LA move move in together so, so fast because it's cheap. Everyone moves in like a month into their relationship because of yeah. And I moved into her place. Her place is great. Like I said, it's like it's a really nice place, and we pay a lot, like a, you know, like a lot of money for it. But it's just like for yeah. what we're paying, it's like, like we could own a home, right? It's like crazy. I for know what. I'm paying a, almost a grand for a bedroom. Yeah. It's nuts. Um but are you you're you do you make um you make money off comedy? You do tours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I do comedy. It's like the last like 2 years I did the road like quite a bit. You and did. I, and I had yeah. some nice like there's some colleges and some nice so I like I got like I'm fine. Like I'm not yeah. freaking out. But um but yeah, it's just like it's like living out here is like you just watch your money like just go like you just open it's a window crazy. and just throw it. There you go, LA. It's crazy. Here you go. Thanks for letting me live here another month. I know. Even like it's funny. My my coworkers and I laugh and joke about this because the money's got just dwindled and dwindled in the strip club, the whole industry. Um, even for those of us who hustle the hardest and make the most money and like we're like we didn't become strippers to get by. Right. Like, yeah, we're supposed we to be to killing scrape it. by. But we I'm we're getting by. Like I when I started there, you know, I made a savings and I got a car. But these days it's like, well, month to fucking month, boo. Right, exactly. I mean it's still a job I enjoy more than I would another job, but right. damn, we didn't become strippers to like we're and we always joke we're like the, we're just like falling apart. We can't afford to get our nails or our hair done. We're just like the nasty strippers. <laughs> like crust in your eyes. But it's like that's just like so so I was bartending and doing comedy and not, like I was doing really well and then I was like okay I'm gonna like just do comedy full time so I just yes. quit you know like okay <laughs> so then you're like walking like this really and thank god the album came out like uh, you mm-hmm. know cause that was good and then but there's just like this fear of like I'm good but if something happens, yeah. like where is that like? If literally anything on my body breaks, correct, then I'm gonna be homeless. If no, I, right. that's more a fear than it is a reality. But it feels real. It feels real. Yeah. Um. So, wait. Fuck. What was the? Sorry. But it's like if I drop my phone screen, it's like well, I'm just gonna have a cracked <laughs> phone screen. It's over for me. <laughs> um. So you go. You were talking about going on the road a lot. Like, is that hard now that you don't drink anymore? Like, is there temptation? No, no, no. I'm so lame now, Casey. Like, I go on the road with these guys, and they're like, ah, we're going to go out to the bar. I'm like, cool, I'm going to go back to the hotel, and I'll see you in the morning. I actually like, just had uh, fucking Chris Estrada on the podcast, uh, and he isn't sober, but, like, he doesn't really party anymore. And he was talking about how, like, 
Because I was asking the same question. Like, do you go get crazy people on the road? I've heard so many road stories of right. comics. Like, yeah, we stay up all night doing fucking coke and meth and right. sleep with everybody and yada yeah. yada. And Chris is the same way where he's like, actually, like, I've worked so hard to even just get to this position in my comedy career, like, to be opening for a headliner on the road that, like, I want the people to still seem, like, have that kind of respect for me. Like, not yeah. be the guy who's now doing, throwing back shots with them at the right. local bar. It's exactly kind of like what I thought, too. And it's like, there's also, like, this air of mystery where you're like no i'm not gonna go to whatever hooters with you after the show and drink benches right. of beer or whatever like oh that guy yeah. was great and yeah. now he's gone now out of our just, lives yeah now he's just a guy right meanwhile i'm back in my hotel like you know watching whatever shitty show you know it's like he's probably doing something cooler than hanging out with us. <laughs> the mystery of yeah. justin foster because like i feel like if you go out and party with a co- with like a lesser known comic after a show you're not bragging to your friends you're just like oh this guy performed for us and now he's just like now a he's guy. hanging out with <laughs> us it's so you know what i mean like no one goes and sees a band and the guitar player is like all right yeah. guys where are we going yeah yeah totally did you always want to be a comic because you've been doing it for a yeah. long time yeah yeah, yeah. Ever since like the second grade. Like if you look at my, it's so cliche, but if you look at my yearbook, it's like voted most to be a comedian. Oh, voted... I was class clown in high school, yeah. and I was so excited to get that title. Oh yeah, because I was so I was goofy and loud and punchlines, and I loved being the most obnoxious. Of course, in the room. dude. I would heckle the teachers. Yeah. Every time I get a heckle in the show, I'm like, that's just karma for all those poor teachers <laughs> that I heckled all those years. <laughs> so real and I feel like being a girl and doing it people got more annoyed with me but I didn't care because I loved attention I was yeah. like bring it on bitch give me those ugly lo- looks right. like I want I always I, I said this to Chris too was I felt like being the class clown was this um it was a power move for me because people were they made fun of me a lot I didn't have cool clothes or, or anything and I was weird but when people laugh at your jokes they inherently have to like you in some way or mm-hmm. kind of be on yeah. your team there's a connection yeah yeah they like have to like you and that's kind of like the, the the i think the set you saw the other night it was like that thing i was working on because i keep going up and i doing these shows with like these like younger comics and people haven't been doing it very long and there's just like this evil part of me that just wants to tell them how it really is yeah and so i have this like yeah maybe maybe this isn't the right decision <laughs> oh my god justin whenever people talk about like advice like mm-hmm. to newer comics or to get into stand-up i always say don't right yeah. don't do it right unless you're really unless you're really really just love writing and performing unless it's the only thing for you don't expect anything else unless it's the only thing and it's funny because a couple of my my guy friends actually recently um they're not comedians but they took a comedy class or they mm-hmm. did the bringer show at the improv sure. or the store you know and they they filmed their sets they invited 10 friends and all of that and I just am like, oh, that's sweet. But yeah. I'm like, don't continue down yeah, this dark, dark, evil path. Right, you did it. It'll it'll tear you to shreds. Don't right. do it. You can stay happy. It's yeah, okay. You can do whatever you want. Go back to school. And like, there's you know, nothing there's nothing better than the funny person at, at work who's just funny and not a performer. Right. Dude, some of the funniest people I know are like, I would never get on stage. Yeah. yeah. I like I, I like the house that I live in. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. It's it's not easy. You have to like want it. And you started out in, in Texas. Yeah. Um, dude, I actually really wanted to ask you this because I feel yeah. like I never had this experience because I mostly started in LA doing comedy. Was it difficult to start over when you moved to yes. LA, or did you have to yes. start over oh, essentially? From the, started from the bottom because you became what, like a I don't know how high up headliner in Dallas. Yeah, I was headlining. My last show was I was headlining the Improv, and then you're like, I'm gonna move to LA and go to open mics. Right? Rough. No, I didn't think I was going to open mics. Are you really? out of your mind? Really? I was gonna be famous. <laughs> Are you shitting but me? You had open a, mics. Every comic that like gets good somewhere else and moves to LA, like I watch the pain in their eyes when when they come into mics and they're the funniest person, person in the room and they're starting over. Right. Everyone nothing. has to meet them. It means, it means nothing. nothing. Right. Dude, I mean you can rise a little bit faster. You know, like, oh, this guy's good. Well, you know, you can like you can get more stuff quicker, but you still have to go through that process because no Oof. one gives a shit. Unless you're like Humbling. a New York guy that's already got some heat, then you can come over here and like do like the improv on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. But most of us that's not happening. Wow. But so like so my first show when I first moved here was at the Laugh Factory, it was at Fresh Faces, right? And I was wow. like, it was great. Like it was like the Laugh Factory and it was a great show. And then it was like after that, I was like, okay, like now what? Like I did that thing. Like I'm here, LA. I'm here. Fuck me. I'm here, guys. And it was like, oh no, you have to go put your name in a bucket Whew. at 5 p.m. at some coffee shop. Yeah. And so I literally did that. Like every single day, I went and did those. I watch comics <sighs> start over here who were big it was where they're brutal. from. 
I feel bad for all of you because it was so hard to watch. Like the, you guys are like the, clearly the funniest person at the mic. You clearly know what you're doing, and it's just. And but it doesn't mean a goddamn. The thing. hard part is like too. Like I watch it come with a lot of ego and a lot of arrogance that turns people off from yep. becoming friends with or booking them. Yep, exactly. And I had the same thing. Like I went in, and I was like, I shouldn't wow. be here. I, I'm above all of you guys. Mm-hmm. You guys are LA open micers, <laughs> and I'm the shit. And then, dude, I got humbled so quick. Mm-hmm. There was a time when I first moved here, I didn't get, I didn't leave my room. I went out and drank with my friends, and my roommates, and I didn't do comedy for like four weeks. I just couldn't wow. and for a comic, you know, four weeks is a That's long. That's a long. I time. couldn't. I was like, I don't want to do like this. Sucks. It sucked so bad. And then LA like beats you down and it's brutal. And then you kind of <laughs> and then start it doing, lifts you back right, up you again. You push ups and yep. like you get you know whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then like okay, you're cool now. But yeah, there's that grace period that like I'm like, Oof, there's good things about rough. starting and and outside of LA because you get yeah. a lot of more shows and you get comfortable. But, but also like if you're gonna start, just start here. Everyone told me in Oregon. Because I did a couple mics in Portland a little bit. And I was like reading comedy blogs, reading interviews with comics and books comics had written my senior year of college. But I had no outlet for it. I moved home for six months to Portland, outside of Portland, um, to save money to move here. And those six months I did some shows and mics in Portland. And all the Portland comics are like, don't start. Everyone tells you not to start in L.A. And I am so fucking glad I started in L.A. I'm not as much into stand-up anymore. You know, I really want to like write a show. But... I'm really happy I started out here because I watched the people start over and it seems like the most painful experience it's really ever. Sad. It's really sad. And then I can't, and now the people I've come up with are starting to blow up and it's cool because those are your, that's your class. Like yeah. that's who your homies yeah. are. You knew each other when you were all small. So it's kind of like you have this mutual respect. Yep. And as they rise, you know, I watch people put each other on yeah. when they start getting on, you know, that now being like five, six years into it. Yeah. And that's kind of what I did is like, all right, I don't really have a class out here because here's what happens with like all your buddies say bro come to move to LA like is, I'll put you on this show and like I'll introduce you to this booker and move to LA and you're like, I right, do great <laughs> everyone's killing it everyone's got TV shows and then you get you're like oh they just wanted someone to hang out with oh really they just want you to come down and be in the shit with them because like no one can help you nobody ever, no. dude, people tell me all the time like hey I'm thinking about coming out there great I can't do shit for no. you I can't do anything. My buddy Nick Guerra, who's a great comic, he was like, the people that help you aren't your friends from back home. They're like the open micers that are here doing shit. Make, yeah. make friends with the LA no-names. Because yeah. those are the people that can put you on. They'll rise and all of a sudden be, yeah, yeah that's totally it, So dude. that's what I did. Like, I started, like, I just put myself into a class of, like, kind of valley comedians or, like, whatever. Yes. And I would go and do the mic and I would eat shit and do, like, oh, okay, this guy, like, I kind of became one of them or whatever. Not that I was never one of them, but I was like, forget all this shit that I've already done. Yeah. Like, let's, yeah. And then, like, I love helping comics with, like, jokes and stuff. So, like, people would be like, hey, let's write. And I would just write with, I would just write with comics who have been doing it for, like, two years. And, like, I was like, cool, no one's, like, and, like, it really helped me a lot. And it's crazy, but it's crazy watching, too, like, the people that I came up with, like, start to get these great big jobs and writing jobs or even their own shows. Like, Mm -hmm. Because it just gives you this hope and you watch them put on all of your friends or whatever. And it gives you this awesome hope like, oh, yeah, we're doing this or they are and I can too. And it's like always the like some people I never expected. Some people I totally expected. Yeah. Because maybe they happen to know somebody who got them in or what like whatever. So that's like really cool to watch. Um, We have a little time left. I want to ask you. Justin, um, my my podcast question, um, what does being free mean to you? Ooh. Being free? Yeah, like in your in your journey of life, like do you I feel can do like... whatever I want. Yeah, we were doing comedy in a fucking comic book store right. and that was super On a fun. Friday night. It, it was, was fun. Great. I spent I bought Wizard of the Oz plates. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. I think I saw you <laughs> guys do that. You know what I mean? Like I almost bought a thirty dollar Gilmore Girls t shirt. <gasps> I know you asshole. You were talking about that. It just didn't fit. But like I could <laughs> but like that's like freedom to me. Like when I go like I was talking about on the road and I forgot like like, everyone goes out to bars and parties and stuff. Like, I'm the guy who, like, goes out and, like, wanders and, like, enjoys, like, the city and stuff. Like, oh, You're traveling. You yeah, what'd you do last night? Dude, I went to this museum and I went to this place and this place got, you know, like, I know this. Like, that's free. Like, to do whatever I want and I can go wherever I want, which is, like, amazing to me. Because I never thought I never thought that was possible. Like, learning new things to me. Like, if I don't already know it now, I'm never, like, I don't need to know it. And, like, expanding <laughs> and, like, learning and shit. Like, it's so great. Is that so cool? Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like channeling like your inner child. Like, wow, learning's fun. Right. Trying new stuff is fun. And not doing shit. Oh, it's so great saying oh. no. I have the opposite of FOMO now. <sighs> I, I love I it. I have the fear of 
not like, or I just like being home. Okay, that's what I'll say. Bro, if someone called me, they're like, "Dude, you should have gone out last night. We ended up on a helicopter with Kanye, no. and then we go." I'm like, "Oh, that sounds like so much work." <laughs> like, yeah, I, you know what I mean? Like, totally. I love. I'm the king of be like. No, yeah, I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like that, I'm the same. And it's terrible. great. And That's I always freedom. thought, like, it'll be so boring to be that person who loves to stay home. Like, no, it's great it's, staying home. I have a hot tea collection. Oh my God, like I love that. If you that's... come to my house, I got a box for you. You could pick the tea you want. That's so oh, cool. That's a life I Actually, live. I was going to ask you too. Like, that's my next question is like, <laughs> is it weird growing up now, now that you're embracing like the boring like and, and you've got a girlfriend you're living with and yeah. a freaking dog like yeah. is it weird growing up now like that's no, great it's it about best? time it's the best i was a, like a like a little like immature kid for like most of my life except like the last like couple of years it's amazing it's crazy to think how much I struggled, like being like, I'm not gonna grow up. Grown ups right. are boring. Then this is me in my twenties. Grown ups are boring. Right. Grown up is boring. I'm gonna live wild and free and edges of society and blah. And like maybe I still kind of am in my own way, but I'm like, oh, it's like much less painful to just embrace the growing up. Right. It's in. It's there's a reason that we gravitate towards comedy. Also, let's be real. That's one profession where you can stay forever young. You know, to a point. You know, it's kind of like that. Oh, I'm just an entertainer. It's cool to live like this. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I was talking to my buddy. I was like, this sucks. I just want to do like uh, back when I was like like a while back when I was like working jobs and like I just want to do comedy full time. Like this is shit. I don't want to have to like get a day mm. job or work night. He's like. Did you forget like 90% of the world goes to work for nine hours every yeah. single day? Why are you so special? Yeah. And you go, oh, yeah. Or right. like, I'm like, oh, I have to work 18 hours a week. I want to call off today. Like, right. I'll call off. I'm like, Casey, go. Come on. Right. Last you... time my boyfriend had to talk me into going into work. Right. I'm like, but my knees hurt, which they do. Sure. <laughs> sure. It's like, yeah. come on. We're about to leave for Japan for 10 days. I can show up to my couple of work shifts. Exactly. Like, really? Exactly. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. I, I also want, I think it's really cool that, like, you're in this awesome, healthy relationship, it seems, which is rare for comedians. Yeah. How do you stay stable, stable and a good boyfriend? Because I know you've had your past of being a little, little uh, sleeping around and stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, like she, I think she trusts me 100%. I hope she does. But it's like, I don't want to do anything anymore. Like, I don't, like, I don't have, if I, if. If I wanted to be like a scumbag and like sleep around or like, like I don't have the energy <laughs> to even like try to hide. You know what no. I mean? Like changing phone numbers God. and like showering or whatever, all that stuff that entails. Like, I think I think she trusts me just out of sheer laziness at this point. <laughs> like, man, I don't want to cheat. Like, there's too much anxiety. Well, you also seem like you're an attentive. Yes, no, we you have know a what great I mean. Like being yeah. a no. good, yeah. which um is rare for comedians, but I think. We get a lot of skills when we get sober. Right. I have the tools to be like, okay, hey, I'm not going to book a show on, on Sunday, and then this is our night. And Communication. Then, right, I'm going to do the show. Meeting in the middle. Right, exactly. But as comics, we're like ego, big heads, like, it's all about us stamping our feet like a child. Yep. No. I, I want to do my show, and I'm not going to make time for you. Exactly. But you have to worship me. Right, yeah. That's how I used to be. Yeah, I don't do that shit anymore. No. Like, I just won't do the show. Good. I'll just say You're no like, to that oh, show. I want to nurture this relationship that gives me so much love. Yeah. <laughs> or like, hey, like the other night, like, hey, I'm doing a show in a, in a comic book store. It's going to be super fun. My friends are there. Do you want to come? She's like, oh my God, that sounds great. Yeah. And then we went to breakfast afterwards and had pancakes. And then Ooh. like, it was great. It was no, a great I want night. pancakes. So, Justin, where can people follow you online and get your album? Uh, album is on iTunes, uh, Justin Foster, or, you, you know, you can get it if you want an old school CD. They're available on my website at justincomic.com. And they're so cool looking. They're, like, super cool Thank looking. you. Yeah, I got, I got a sticker I send with it. It's, like, it's like the it's whole It's legit. Deal. So, justincomic.com, and I'm on all social media, uh, Twitter, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Justin Comic. Justin follow him. You're, I feel like your posts have, like, on Facebook have gone, like, out, out of this world. They're, <laughs> they're great. They entertain me every day. Thank you. Thank you. Yours too. I'm Thanks. All right. This is Casey's Freak Show with Justin Foster. And oh, my producer, Max Mazel. I'll shout her out as well because she's great. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs>